Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Um, that's our hope is that we are a church that is having disciples making disciples and so we're going through this kind of discipleship journey to look at how people can go from being lost and alone to found and at home and I don't see this as just us doing it for you so that you are if you are sat here today that you are just lost and alone to found and at home we feel like we want to do this series to help you to know it, to own it, to understand it, because we're expecting that you are doing this with other people. Because in your world and in your circles, there's a lot of people who are lost and alone. And yet we want them to be found and at home, don't we? Don't we? Yes, we do. Amazing. Um, and so the way that we have done this is looking, um, we'll do a quick whistle top whistle stop tour of uh, how we've done it so um, I spoke about uh, well Anthony started the series off and then I spoke about being lost in the world and how um, sometimes that's the most obvious that we know that there are people that are lost in the world Um, and so I spoke about the robe the ring and the sandals Panif if you remember that Another good thing to do is to make notes, because obviously we're saying this, it's part of a series, so if you want to really remember it, the best thing to do is get your phone out, I don't mind if you have your phone out, the only app you're allowed to open is the Bible and notes, God is watching you. Okay, so lost in the world, um, then lost in the house, Lost spoke to us about people who actually, you know, it could be that we come to church week in, week out, and yet we're lost in the house, um, and so he spoke about... Um, we're doing it through the prodigal son and how the father, when um, he obviously welcomes the son that's been out in the world home with the robe, the sandals and all that jazz, but the son in the house is also lost. And so he spoke about how the father, um, the invitation that the father gives of wanting him to know you're my child, he speaks to the son's identity. He says, you're all, you are always with me. He speaks about security and that everything I have is yours. That ultimately the kingdom of God is about generosity. And so then uh, the week after we looked at the start of this five D's of discipleship. The first one was discover. And we had John and he spoke to us about how they're seeing disciples who make disciples. People discovering the gospel in Africa in amazing ways. And not just over there who was saying it's happening here. Like it's spreading. It's amazing that this is the call is to be visible and verbal with the good news that everybody would be visible and verbal, not just the ones up the front here, but that all of us would be. Um, And then, so that's discover, and then deliver. And um, Sarah spoke to us about deliverance, about how uh, Jesus spoke even to a very religious good person and said to him, you need to be born again. That that, That that's how we get delivered into all that God has for us. That ultimately there's a moment of being born again. And so Sarah invited us to make that decision to turn from our old into the new. Um, And then we had a little gap where we celebrated Easter. Wave at me if you were with us for our Easter service last week. That was fun, wasn't it? And um, so at that, that's obviously all of this together in that Jesus died and rose again. Um, And then today we're looking at devote. And then the next two weeks are develop and deploy. So if you are making notes, today you want to put at the top, devote. That that is what we're looking at today is devotion. 
And like I said, devotion is something that you have to really do for yourself. So I still am going to do a talk to hopefully help us into that. But ultimately, it's the one that you have to do yourself because I can help with the other things. I can help with Discover, that as a church, we can put on big events like Easter and we can help you deliver people into the kingdom of God by doing Alpha courses and helping them understand it. But when it comes to devotion, I can't devote you. I can only devote me. And I am choosing every day to devote me. And... One of our values at Shaston, at Shaston we have five values, and our number one value is devoted. And so as we're doing this series, I was like, yes, we obviously got that right. Um, our other values are, so it's devotion, family, obedient ambassadors, that all of us would live as obedient ambassadors, worship, and then the fifth one is the most serious one. It's called surprising fun joy. That's the one that everyone tends to know. They don't really know the others, but they know that one, which I think is good. Um, and just to invite you, so we have a vision night um, coming up where I am going to do an evening and we'll have a nice time in here. Um, and we're just going to do a refresher of what our values are, where we're headed as Shaston, what, how we do leadership, how we do all this stuff. So everybody is invited to come along and just hear the kind of bigger picture of us as Ivy Church Shaston, where we are now, what our plans are, what's going on with 515, all that sort of stuff. So please do pop it in your diary for the 19th of May for Vision Night. So devoted, for us as a value, it comes from Acts 2, 42 to 47. And that's what we're looking at today in the series. So it's brilliant for us. Um, so it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and, every, and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I tend to just love that last bit that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And I think if actually, ultimately, that's the goal, isn't it? That actually every day the Lord is adding to the number of the kingdom of God, those that are being saved. So therefore we know that there's got to be something in how that happened earlier on. And the word is devotion, that they were devoted people. And I wonder what you are devoted to. Um, and I think that if you're anything like me, and it might not be, you might think, I'm devoted to this and I'm brilliant at it, that as soon as I knew that I had to speak on this, I started to think about all the things that I've not been devoted to, all the things that I've not managed to finish. And I was sat in the car with Lars and I was like, so for me, if I had continued and been devoted to all the things through my life, or not even all of the things, just some of the things through my life that I could have stayed devoted to, I would now be able to play guitar, piano, recorder, the violin, I would be a professional singer, tap dancer, theater, musical theater performer, and a ballet dancer. I would be able to speak Spanish and German and be able to do sign language. I would have a degree in counseling and be uh, a degree in drama and be a counselor. I would be a master at crochet and knitting, a gymnast. I would have a buff gym body 
And I would maybe be an Olympic swimmer, swimmer, not slimmer. Well, yeah, if I stuck at Slimming World, I'd be that as well. So there's so many things that I immediately am like, oh, I'm so not a devoted person. How am I going to preach to everyone about devotion? And I sort of reeled this list off to Loz, and he was like, well, it's a good job you stayed devoted to Jesus then, isn't it? So you've got something to say. <laughs> Which was very kind. And actually, it rung in my head after he said it all week, because I was like, actually, yeah. Thank God I stayed devoted to Jesus. Because instead of looking at all the things I've not got or I've not done or I've not managed to stay devoted to, the one that I am so thankful to have stayed devoted to is him. And ultimately, that is the goal, isn't it? Is that we just, throughout everything, throughout all the ups and downs, that we stay devoted to him. And so, as I say, we're about disciples that make disciples. And I think that as we see the the picture of all the different ones in Discover and Deliver. You could almost see it like someone as they maybe get pregnant because we're talking about being born again, that we're a kind of rebirth into the kingdom of God. So it's that people discover, oh, I'm pregnant. They deliver the baby. We won't go into that. They devote themselves to that baby. You have to be pretty devoted to a baby to sustain it. And they, then we develop the baby, and then one day we're going to have to let them go and deploy that child, aren't we? And so, as you can see, it looks like this. And I think for everybody, the way that parenting goes is different for everybody. Um, and I think it can be similar in the way that devotion works, is that I'm not going to stand today and say, this is, what, this is the time you must wake up, and this is the time you must go to bed for you to be truly devoted to God. And I want to first just say, you might, even in thinking about devotion and through the worship, have been thinking not just of, I could have played the violin, but thinking, I've not even been that, I haven't been that devoted to God. I'm not as devoted as I could be. Oh, I said at the start of the year that I'd do that Bible plan, and I haven't done it. Or I said I'd wake up at six, and I'm not waking up at six. And I just want to say, first of all, that is not what this is going to be all about this morning. And... As I say, as everybody that's a parent has a child and it looks different. For me, with my first child, it was different to other people. But I think when you have a child, you enter this whole new world of baby stuff. And it's suddenly a million questions that everybody asks you about. So are you going to make your own food or are you going to like get it from a jar? And are you going to use disposable nappies or are you going to do the better ones that are better for the environment? Or are you going to do this and that? And it's just this sudden like bombardment of all the things that I had no idea about and have no idea about still that you can and cannot choose if you're going to have a baby. And yet for me, when I first became a parent, I became a parent straight away to an eight-month-old. And what was needed with that eight-month-old was for him to know that he was loved. The most important thing for us was that he knew that I am now the caregiver, that I am the one that he can trust, that I am the one that he will stay with now forever, that there's no more change, that he's home. It was most important that he knew with me and him, relationship is good. Nothing is going to break us. You are mine. I am yours. We are here. This is us. And so when other people would then ask me, and I started to hear about this whole world of jars or milk or whatever, like for a lot of it, I didn't have an option. And for other stuff, I didn't care. 
it was just kind of whatever's easier so that I can be with him and so that he knows that I'm with him. And a big part of that was that he needed to hold my hand to get to sleep every night. And he kind of still does. And yet, I love that time. And I know that he needs that time to feel secure. And so we go over and over the same thing of holding hands every night. And as I was thinking about it this week, as I was looking at what to say this morning, I felt like to just start off by saying that we could think all about all that stuff. Like, but are you, in terms of the milk, the what? things you're going to use. Are you going to use these nappies or those nappies? Sometimes when we become a Christian, it can feel a bit like that too. It's like, so are you on this Bible plan? Are you doing this and that? Is it looking like this? Are you being like this? Are you being like that? And actually God's like, I care about our relationship. I care about if you need to hold my hand and read the same psalm over and over and over again for that to be how you know that you're safe, for you to know that I am your caregiver, for you to know that I am the one that now you're safe and you're home and you don't have to go anywhere else, for you to know that, that I am your safety, to know that I have loved you from the beginning of time and I will love you to the end of time. How are you best going to find that? How are you best going to know how much I love you and how devoted to you I am, that I gave everything to be devoted to you? He's already done it. He sent his son as we celebrated last week. He has given everything because he is fully devoted to you and he doesn't want that broken. You can't break that. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Jesus. And so I hope that as we talk about devotion and as we touch on some stuff, I hope that you are challenged. But I also hope that actually it's not a challenge in a, oh gosh, yeah, I should probably wake up at six and start reading my Bible. But that actually it's a, yeah, I I want to hang out with you more, Jesus. I want to read your word and have it live in me. I want to have this relationship rebirthed. And maybe for some of us, it's there and it's live and it's kicking and you just want more. And maybe for some of us, it's been a bit distant. He's still saying the same, that the relationship that he has with you, that's the most important thing. So, we need to start there with knowing how loved we are. That devotion comes from a place of love, not duty. Um, I think... I remember when me and Loz um, first got married and we had been married for about six months and um, I guess a bit out of that initial like, wow, everything you do is wonderful and then starting to see that he's not 100% wonderful, obviously he's like 99 but there's little things that start happening and just all that sort of stuff and so I just started asking the question like, do you love me? And he'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, why? And then I'd ask him again, and another time, another time. And then I remember one time being like, do you love me? And he was like, yes. And I was like, why do you love me? And he was like, I married you. And I was like, oh, that was six months ago. Why do you love me today? And I think that's the same, isn't it? That actually with God, it's like, just because 25 years ago, on the back seat of my dad's car, listening to a salty tape, my sister prayed a prayer with me and I became a Christian and I said that I wanted to follow Jesus. That can't answer for why I love him today. It's part of my story, it's part of my journey, it's part of my history with him. But that girl is very different to this woman. 
And so it's very different to my devotion with him today. And that's the same for us, isn't it? And so I wonder for you, are you devoted to him today? Do you want to choose again today to be devoted to him? And I think one of the biggest things that takes away our, our time and our devotion, because devotion means, I did put it on another slide what devotion is, to give all or most of one's time or resources to a person or activity. And so time does come into it. And that's where we all start to think, oh, no, don't talk about time. But time, and I think from the very beginning, like from, from having a child, you start to tell them about time. You want to teach them time. You want them to have routine. You want them to know that there is a bedtime. Please learn that there is a bedtime. And then they start to go to school. And we need to, them to know that they have to be at school on time. And then in school, they learn the time. And then as they grow, they have to learn that actually there's consequences if you're late and there's consequences if you're early. And our whole society is based around time. And there can be such pressure that comes with time. And more and more things vie for our time as we grow. And in some ways, it's good because actually if we didn't learn time early on, then you wouldn't get a job because you would be late for that interview. And so if you're not on time, you're not going to get the job. Or if you're in a job and you're never on time or you are not good at time management, you won't keep the job. Or for a lot of us, it's just this fear of running out of time. That actually, have I even got enough of it? Because there's so much that I want to get done in my life. And time can just be this massive pressure on our life of time. And yet devotion is saying that it's to give all or most of, our time. So what we are devoted to, what we give our time to, is what we worship. And there's um, a guy called C.S. Lewis, who I'm sure lots of you know who he is. He wrote a book called um, The Screwtape Letters. And that is um, a book from, it's basically a fictional book of um, a kind of higher demon writing to a lesser demon, that's his nephew and so he's kind of giving him helpful tips and little phrase like little things to help him on his journey of stopping people's relationship with God um between God and humans that's kind of what the book is it's interesting have a read of it it's quite it's good it makes you like what but it's good so um this is from that so it's the kind of higher demon talking to the younger one and it says we can't keep Christians from going to church we can't keep them from reading their bibles and knowing the truth We can't even keep them from forming intimate relationship with their saviour. Once they gain that connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So let them go to their churches, but steal their time. So they don't have time to develop a relationship with Jesus. And it says in it, has... Has the enemy won? Like, did he succeed in that? Has he succeeded in that? And I think for most of us, probably at times, yeah. Like, other things take over. Time gets taken away. But I know that also there's times, and I've seen with so many of us, and of you personally in the room, that actually, even in the hardest times where it would be so easy for your time to be taken, that no, you haven't. That you have stuck with him that you have chosen devotion even in the hardest times, that you have chosen that, no, I'm going to stay with him. I'm going to still give my time to him. I'm going to still worship him, even when it's so hard. And so again, I don't want you to sit and think, oh, no, maybe I don't do that. I want you to think about the times that you have. 
because remembering the times that you have will make you want to do that again next time, rather than just sitting thinking, oh gosh, I'm awful. No, you're not. You're amazing. And he says you're amazing. And he just wants more time with you because he loves you, because he loves hanging out with you. He loves spending time with you. And we see that our prayers are powerful because every time a human prays, we are opening a door and allowing God to come into the situation. And every time we do that, these demons, the book is fictional, demons are not, the demons leave because God steps in the room. And so they also talk about when humans keep praying and let God in in the hardest times. So we'll see what they say. The prayers offered in the state of dryness are those which please him, God, best. He wants them to learn to walk and must therefore take away his hand. And if only the will to walk is there, he is really pleased, even with their stumbles. Do not be deceived, Wormwood. That's their nephew. Our cause is never more dangerous than when a human looks around upon a universe from which every trace of God seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. That's how the enemy feels. When everything is against us, when time is taken away, when it just feels crazy, when things are really hard, and yet you say, no, I am devoted. No, I am choosing to still obey. Then the demons tremble when we choose devotion. And I saw it just yesterday when a friend of mine came, um, I was at a worship event and she came and said, oh, I'm going to be leading worship in a minute, but I just need to tell you something to pray for. And then she told me the most awful attack that has happened on her family. And she was like, so I'm going to need you to pray because I'm going to lead worship now. And I was like, I prayed for her then and I was praying for her in the worship. And I just stood though and I was like thinking all the kind of like pastorally, like, oh, should she now be getting up on stage because is this really not looking after her? La, 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 la. She came on stage, grabbed a guitar and started to sing. And she started to sing about God's faithfulness. And she started to sing about how his grace has always been there and his grace will continue to be there. And then she started to fight in her worship against the enemy and started to believe and pray and speak breakthrough into the situation. And I knew, because I knew her, the depth of what was happening on stage. And I saw that as she still worshipped, as she poured her heart out to God, other people in the room getting their breakthrough. Because she chose that despite the situation to still stand and worship him. That she chose to still obey. That she chose that she would put him absolutely as number one. And I know that across this room there's been moments where you've done that. Where it's been hard and you've not wanted to and everything else has felt better and yet you've said I'm putting on worship and I'm going to start praising you now. Or you said, I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to read it, even though I don't want to. And I want to tell you today that those are your most powerful moments. They're the most powerful moments in your life. And all of heaven applauded you when you did that. And if that's you today, then we stand with you and say, please keep going. You can do this. You have a God who is with you, who never leaves you and never forsakes you. So keep opening that Bible. Keep putting on that worship music and singing it loud and declaring the breakthrough that we believe is coming for you. In Jesus' name. So, 
very quickly, there is um, four ways that we learn through this Bible verse to be devoted. So let's just read it one more time. Acts 2, well, just the first line of it. Acts 2, 42 to 47. If you have good eyes and you can read it with me, then we'll just read to the word prayer. So let's read it all together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So we've seen that, therefore, they devoted themselves to the word. They devoted themselves to loving people. They devoted themselves to worship. And they devoted themselves to prayer. So they were devoted to the word of God. And as we've already spoken about, the word of God can come in at just the right moment that you need it. That actually, if you do choose in the hardest times or in just the times of busyness to actually still open the Bible, that you will find the word that you need in season because that word of God is the living word. It doesn't stop being the living word of God. It's always living. It's always there to encourage us to speak to our hearts. And so keep opening the word of God because they were devoted to the word of God. And sometimes the word of God is just what you need in that moment and it's an encouragement. And sometimes it's like, oh, because it's an actual challenge. And what it says is like, oh, I don't want to do that. And that's not actually the answer that I wanted you to give, God. I wanted you to tell me that it's all going to be fine and I don't need to love that person because they hurt me. And then you read it and it's like, even those that don't know God love their friends. I'm calling you to a higher standard. And you're like, no, I don't want to. And it's like actually allowing yourself to be changed by the word of God. To hear what he says, take it on and live it. Not just get up at six and pray and read it for an hour and it wash over you. Whenever you have that time, and it is about, you know, disciple, discipline, let's have that time, but let it do more than just reading it. Um, So that's the word. Then the devoted to loving people, and the word is fellowship. Um, I had a girl that, she came out of prison, and she was... um, lived in a house near where we lived and she lived with a load of um, academy students and it was amazing that she was out of prison and so it was her first night and I'd made her room all nice and it was lovely and then she rang me and she was like I'm not going out with them and I was like why and she's like can I just come to your house and I was like yeah you can come to my house that's fine I was like but are they not being nice to you like I thought they'd look after you really well she's like no they're, they're being too nice they're, they're really nice she was just like, like, she couldn't handle how nice they were being and she thought they must have an alternative motive. And then she was like, and tonight, I don't, I don't get what they're doing, so I don't want to go. And I was like, well, what, like, why, what's wrong? She's like, they want to do fellowship. They're going out for fellowship tonight and I don't think I can play. I don't really, I, like, she thought fellowship was a game maybe that they were going to play, that they all said like, oh, we're going to have some fellowship tonight, so if you want to come. And she's like, I don't think I can play that game. I don't, I've never done that before because they're obviously using Christianese, which let's not do that. But... Like, they are wanting to invite her in, and the whole thing was pretty scary, and it felt like, are they really this nice, or have they got an alternative motive? But actually, they were inviting her into fellowship, and she just didn't understand what what that is. And so the word fellowship comes from, and it literally means the word sharing, but also in the Latin, it is the word communa... I always try and say these words, don't I? Communionae, something like that. I should have written on the board so you could read for yourself what it says. I'll I'll show it you later if you want to see it. Um, But it's the word, and that's where we get the word community from, and also where we get the word communion from. So it meant that they had communion together, that they loved each other well. And to love each other really well takes a lot of sacrifice. 
like I just said, the verse that's been really difficult for me recently is that one about, you know, you can, even people that don't know God love their friends. You've got to love the people that are the most difficult to love. That's how we do community and that's how we do church. And I've met more people that have left church, not because of some crazy sexual sin, some other massive sin that's gone on in their life and left, because actually when people do that, they generally come to repentance and we work through it again. And we just thought we're going again. The most reason that I've seen people leave churches is offence, is actually unforgiveness, is taking something and not being able to let it go. And so it becomes a bitter root that stays. And so we have to be quick to forgive. And we have to love those that it's more difficult to love. That's what it means by sacrificial community. To really love each other. They devoted themselves to worship. And so for that, that just meant as they broke the bread, they thanked God. So all of you are worship leaders because all of you can thank God. And finally, they were devoted to prayer. It's not complicated, this stuff. I know that this talk isn't complicated. But actually, if we, if we want to be devoted to Jesus, it's, this is where it starts. And I hope that as we've been talking about it, there is something that actually for you, you think, yeah, not out of a, oh man, yeah, I need to start this again, but out of a, I want to spend more time on your word. I remember when I loved your word. I remember when I let it seek into my life and I want to be more in love with your word or loving other people. And actually you think, yeah, there's some unforgiveness in me. Or I've been finding it hard and not really wanting to come to church because there's some stuff that has actually become a bit of a bitter root in me. And I don't want that because I want freedom to love people well. And not just in church, but outside of these walls, in your families, in your communities, that maybe you want to take a minute to say, would you just pray for me about loving each other? And also worship. And in that, as you break the bread, just say, thank you, Jesus. Just thank him together. As big or as little as you want. If you just say, thank you, Jesus, that's more than enough. And then pray for each other. Because we have to be praying for each other. And what actually happens, as we see in Acts 1.14, the band, welcome to come off your um, In Acts 1.14, it says, they went into the upper room where they were constantly devoted to prayer. And the answer to that first prayer meeting was that it was the greatest move of the Holy Spirit ever. Because it was the first time he really came in that way. And Moses had seen people with burning, uh, Moses had seen the burning bush. He'd seen the burning and um, nothing was consumed and was amazed by this fire that he saw in the burning bush. And yet on the day of Pentecost, every single person became the burning bush. They became the fire of the Holy Spirit. And when you accept the Holy Spirit and when you pray together, you become that burning bush. You become that living dwelling of the presence of God. That's the result of devotion and our prayer is a deeper, massive sense of the Holy Spirit. It's that you don't walk alone, but you walk with him. That you carry fire into situations. That's the result of our devotion. And so as you pray for each other, just pray like God, let your fire come. And then we're going to sing together. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org slash media.